I'm burning bridges instead of building bridges. <laughs> How do we stop burning bridges, Jenny? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Scruple, episode nine. Episode nine, and we've got another guest here. We have Jenny Connolly from the Wide Open Spaces podcast. Welcome, Jenny. It's good to have you on the pod. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Jenny, we have, we've met, we've met a few times in Saskatoon, and we were kind of talking about this before we were recording where like Saskatoon has this interesting culture of just like there's a lot of big events and you see people here and there. Um, but I, I just yeah, I, we've had a few conversations, but I don't know, maybe tell tell the listeners that I wouldn't be surprised if there's a pretty decent overlap because we have a we have a humble, small little audience, mostly from people from Saskatchewan. So they probably all know of you, know of your podcast. But tell tell us about Maybe tell us about yourself and then we can kind of get into more specifically the podcast afterwards. But yeah, yourself, your background, whatever you want to share. Yeah, I mean, Saskatoon has definitely been somewhat of a homeland for me or a, a home base over the years. I've, I've bopped in and out of Saskatoon quite a bit over the last decade and I've lived there I think on three separate different occasions I tend to move a lot <laughs> fingers crossed that that won't forever be a trend but I think I've, I've I think I've moved probably about 16 times in my life I'm and I'm 25 now so or almost 25 so a lot of moving but Saskatoon has kind of been a place of of a lot of revisiting and I love the home the kind of a small town culture even though it's technically a city there's definitely a hometown sense to that city and yeah, well, I was I was living in Saskatoon when I started Wide Open Spaces, and certainly there was a lot of people within that community that had such an immense support to the beginnings of that project. And uh, Jerome Mopati, who is my co-host on the show, well, he's living in Saskatoon and he's um, in the first year like diocesan seminary program. So. Yeah, there's a uh, wide open spaces. And I mean, I think it's kind of, a, I suppose, thematically uh, correct to say that, I mean, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan is known for wide open skies, wide open spaces. And uh, I guess <laughs> true, maybe true. subconsciously, that's where the title came from. <laughs> now, how much of the title was based on the country song? I just, I've been dying to ask you. Everyone makes jokes about the Dixie Chicks, and <laughs> I did grow up on country music. I love country music. I randomly fall into a Southern accent um, all the time because I listened to so much Carrie Underwood growing up, but it has nothing to do with it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that that song existed until I Googled, Googled my podcast for the first time to see what the search engine results would be yeah. and yeah dixie chicks definitely i wasn't i was nowhere to be seen there was dixie chicks everywhere <laughs> you set yourself up for a hard time there because now how are people gonna find your podcast without scrolling through 50 youtube videos of dixie chicks 
Well, it's it, luckily it's not a bad song. So mm-hmm. if, if they get a little uplifting country music before they finally find my podcast, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And alternatively, maybe someone's looking for the song and then they stumble on the podcast and they're like, whoa, look at this. This is what I was truly looking for. <laughs> it's very true. I'm actually surprised. I mean, you, you guys know from the kind of the back end, the behind the scenes of, of the podcasting, you get to see a lot of the stats of where people are listening and how people found your show. And yeah. I, I've been surprised how many people have found it just through Google searches. I don't know what how hmm. they heard, maybe word of mouth. Really? But wow. There's a there's a decent amount of people who have found it through, I guess, traditional Google searches. So I guess the Dixie Chicks aren't always winning. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Take that, That's Chicks. Right. <laughs> they're not even they're not the dixie chicks they're chicks. the chicks now just the, yeah, chicks. the chicks really i didn't know that jenny tell us about your podcast why did you want to start a podcast and how'd you come up with sort of your how you're going to go about your show yeah like the concept yeah well the basic premise of wide open spaces is to approach controversial topics in a humanizing way because i've been someone who's always been a lover of debate Uh, Also, someone who, especially in my teen years, was prone to often end up in very heated arguments about (laughs) anything, especially politics and religion. I was raised by a father who has ferocious and passionate and very articulate views on culture and politics. And so he raised me that way. And it kind of definitely bore a lot of, you could see that in the way that I was living my life, especially as a teenager and even in my younger, earlier 20s. And I guess it was an extension of that love of debate, but then realizing in the context of just how divided culture was being. I mean, I think that the Trump-Biden election really highlighted that for me. Uh, I knew that it was already occurring, but it was extraordinary to see the overt hatred that was going on in American politics, but then that was absolutely happening in Canada. I know that we're, we're talking to a primarily Canadian audience. This is in Canada, but everyone was kind of absorbed in that. And it was, it was the kind of election where you had to be careful to whom and when you expressed your opinions. And there wasn't a lot of room for nuance. And so that kind of sparked in me this frustration of being like, there is nuance. People are often very, very nuanced. It's a great injustice and even a a, a danger in society when you divide everyone into us versus them. And so during COVID, this was kind of percolating my mind for a long time. And my sister, Hannah, shout out to Hannah, she has a degree in peace and conflict transformation. And Whoa. it has to do, yeah, I know, <laughs> great, fabulous name. Uh, but anyway, it, it, it's based on the idea of dialogue and mediation. And so how do we approach the most difficult conversations, the impossible conversations and actually have a fruitful outcome. And so Mm. she introduced me to the idea of dialogue and I basically just ripped that off and built a podcast. So we always, (laughs) it's it's a very simplistic version, but we always laugh because she's the one who has like kind of a, a degree in this field of how to navigate the worst conversations while still honoring the dignity of the other person across the table from you and realizing that, um, I guess you could say that agreement is not a prerequisite for love. Uh, There isn't this, especially as Christians, I think it's dangerous to say that I'm only going to treat you with dignity and care and Christian charity if you also assent to my worldview, especially political. Of course, you see this in religious factions, but uh, my, I just, I, my niche is a little bit more specifically political, but it's become more clear in my mind that, I don't think that 
agreement is a prerequisite to love. And if it's not, how do we have these conversations? Uh, like next week, I, on the podcast, I'm having a conversation with Eric Marcus and he's a gay journalist from New York city who produces a podcast called making gay history. And so he's someone who has a, a worldview that is, is a lot different than most of the Catholic circles that I grew up in. And I know that even, you know, sexuality would just be one of those topics that I think a lot of people are, it's, it's a nervous thing to approach because there's so much heaviness connected to that and so much division. Um, mm-hmm. But my whole hope is, is, is the belief that you, we can encounter people that we uh, have a, an entirely different worldview with and still respect them and honor them as Jesus would have, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> I, we were well, before before we were recording and Jenny and I were talking and she was saying how like she heard something she heard in net training was like when the when the needs of the world meets like your gifts like that's that's how you'll find your calling in life which I've never I've actually never heard that before Jenny so I think that's really cool thanks for sharing that and um I just like it it, it made me think of that when you were sharing how like Hannah has Hannah has the degree and some of that training and and whatnot but I also know in your podcast you've mentioned before like conversations kind of like a hobby for you and like you you just enjoy having these these conversations and and you're not afraid of straying away from the polarizing topics and this is kind of and you've highlighted this a ton in your podcast to how like this is kind of a need where there's ideas and we want to talk about it and and at least for I think for us three like we do really value pursuing truth but then we need someone to model that for us because that's hard, like how, pursuing truth. But then you and again, this is something you say a lot is to be able to do that, but not forget the relationship and like to do the two together, especially when it's a super polarizing topic. I, like my experience on campus is you just shy away from those conversations. You just don't have them. Right. Yeah, that's so true. I Actually, I'm literally Googling a quote right now because I've found that the relationship between truth and love has been one of the most troubling relationships that I've had in my life because I I think fundamentally I'm a lover of truth. I tend to be very intellectual. Um, And so I found in my life that I've often come to a point where I thought that you had to kind of pick, like, I know that's not true and nowhere in Christian teaching does it say that truth and love are uh, paradoxical or that they are, you know, some people are lovers and some people are truth seekers. That's, that's not true, <laughs> yeah. but I, what was it that there's this, there's this Protestant theologian and he says that love without truth is sentimentality. So it really doesn't have much substance, but truth without love is harshness. And mm. it completely blocks many, many of our own ability to receive the truth if it's, if love is absence and when the truth is delivered. So I've tried to, in my pursuit of truth and someone who is a lover of like, I, I, my undergrad was from a seminary that really focused on the works of Thomas Aquinas. So it's very rigorous. <laughs> um, and the way that Thomas Aquinas communicates, you could understandably think he might be a little bit uh, absent in the whole love department, but <laughs> when I examine the truth, when I've examined what I do believe to be true, I see that it, yeah, it can't be divorced from love and, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You're very eloquent. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was just saying, oh, Jenny's very yeah. eloquent. I'm like, we got to up our game, Phil. We're just like, two bozos, like derp, derp, derp. honestly, and, and uh, I hope this doesn't make you uncomfortable, Jenny. Like 
the first few on. episodes I listened to, literally, I thought the same thing, Regan. I was like, she never says um. No. She never says like. No. Oh my gosh. I've got to say this though. The first few episodes, they're definitely heavily edited in the sense that not the subject matter, but the ums and likes. You better mm-hmm. believe it. I've deliberately gone out of my way to learn how to let my brain pause enough so that I don't mm. say um and like, but no, believe me, if those, especially if you were listening to the first few episodes of the podcast, um, it's all magic. It's not, it's not real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, magic. Me, me and Phil do that too. I, I basically shift everything around like a, by a couple seconds and maybe that's not, maybe you're not supposed to say, but I just find oh. that it's it's a more enjoyable listening experience if we're laughing in the right place as opposed to, oh, there was a delay there and stuff. So it's sort of a weird dichotomy of editing and also trying to be true to the conversation you actually had. So, yeah. Are, oh, yeah. Do you I edit mean, the podcast I, yeah. or? Yeah, I do. I do all of the production. Yeah, basically. So Jerome basically, just gets to walk on and take the fame, but you uh, have to do well, all the work. No, but it's no, it's no small task what he does. And I... I'm immensely grateful because he's doing it of his, like he's, he's volunteered as a friend. So Mm. that is something I am endlessly grateful for. And he's one of my best friends and someone that he always often has a very different perspective than me, even in personality, the way we were raised, his, his own personal spirituality. So I value his perspective so much. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, and I mean, I feel like whenever you're starting up in any kind of media uh field you gotta you gotta do the work yourself right because that's just you that's how you that's how you pay your dues so yeah yeah well let's plug it let's plug it right now phil in case uh people stop listening at the end of the episode where can they find you jenny what should they do maybe maybe something about patreon perhaps Yeah, no, you can find, I have a website, so you can go to wideopenspacespodcast.com and uh, you will find links to wherever you want to listen to the podcast. Uh, Wide Open Spaces is available on all streaming services, so, except for YouTube, it's not on YouTube, but everywhere else, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, but also if you don't ha- subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can go to the website, wideopenspacespodcast.com, and every episode is, is directly on the website, so I know a lot of people people don't necessarily do the subscription thing and you are you can still be part of the community and yeah i did recently start a patreon account there are already some amazing folks who have joined the monthly support team so yeah, hey, let's just, go you, yes. you can't say the same <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's a it's a slow growing thing but i i really appreciate it and i mean having monthly supporters means that i can invest more time and mm-hmm. better equipment into expanding the show so yeah check out patreon check out wide open spaces. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Yeah. Philip, anything else before we dive into a bit of a topic or no, uh, like, I guess I'll let you lead us into it, but uh, I guess I, I just wanted to maybe instead of framing it as a question, I'll just say that if you're like me and sometimes you see, you see the topics and I get like this secondhand, uh, how, what's the way to describe it? Almost like secondhand fear. It's like, I'm not in that conversation. Why am I afraid to open it? And it's like, I'm afraid to just listen to people disagree <laughs> almost. And like, don't just wade into it. It's okay because we need to learn how to do this. And I really admire that you to not only go into something that's polarizing, but also I imagine that for some of these topics, like it's something that maybe you feel like, okay, my guest knows so much more about this than me. And I, I feel like that's that's something that like I would be afraid of, like to enter into conversation where 
we might we're we're we might disagree. We probably will disagree, and I I'm very much aware of my limited knowledge there. But then I guess that's where it comes like seeking to understand, asking questions, and and just willing to learn. So definitely check out wide open spaces because yeah. yeah, and I think that there's a that's you kind of highlighted that how there's so often I encounter a guest who does well most of, no almost all the time every single episode I've done the guest um, I can. Like I, I try to approach it with a disposition of humility. Uh, I think that's a big difference between dialogue and debate in the sense that, I mean, a lot of Christians, especially Catholics, maybe grew up in like an apologetic worldview where it was like, oh, we're yeah. going to defend the faith. So you, I was raised that way. Um, maybe not even necessarily by my parents, but just my personality. I was very drawn to the kind of uh, apologetics, like Christian apologetics. How do you fight for your faith? How do you defend it? And so hmm. you're approaching most conversations of disagreement with this disposition of like, I'm right. And I, my job is to convince you that I'm right. And that the church is right. And that the Jesus is right. The gospel is right. And which I don't think there's a space for that. And I think that debate is a wonderful, beautiful thing, but I think the prerequisite to debate is dialogue. And that is building the fundamental relationship and realizing that no matter who you're encountering, you're always going to learn something from them. And, and usually like a straight up fight is not going to change anyone's mind. If anything, it hardens, yeah. it crystallizes their worldview. And I've seen that in my own life. Like as soon as I go into fight mode, good luck changing my mind. Like, even if I know I'm wrong, if, if we're in the middle of a fight, I mean, it takes immense, extraordinary, super human humility to in the middle of a fight stop and say you know what you're totally right i'm going to change my mind it doesn't happen very often in the human experience and so that, that's why i think that dialogue that relational storytelling let's talk about the things that we disagree but let's do it in a way that is curious and then maybe once we have enough trust then we can actually go into a debate like my hope is that eventually in any relationship where there's a disagreement you can reach a point of debate but i think there's a lot of legwork that has to be done beforehand mm -hmm. we all want to get to the debate but we don't do the dialogue mm. <laughs> yeah except for maybe me who's afraid of debate <laughs> i am also afraid i i feel like i'm jaded because i when i first became a christian i'm like i know things and now now and then there's sort of a slow process of realizing that you don't know much and i think maybe that <laughs> lead into your topic you mentioned how hard it is to be how the immense amount of humility that it takes to to uh, pull yourself out of the a debate <laughs> a bit of an embarrassing story me and my wife uh last night she was talking about something and, and she was uh we had our ultrasound for our baby um that we are expecting in april and it was very cute um long legs i don't know what's up with that but she was just thinking <laughs> like oh i was looking at our ultrasound and i was getting really emo and um, I was like, what? Like, what do you mean you're getting emo? And she's like, you know, like emotional. And I'm like, that, that's not what emo means. <laughs> and she's like, what does emo stand for? And I said, I don't know, like goth. And so it anyway, long story short, it derailed into this big fight. But it's real. I, but I think if I want to talk about just one thing today, I know you have uh, a limited amount of time. And thank you for being so accommodating. Rules of engagement between uh, men and women with your podcast with Catherine. Oh yeah. I recently did a series of podcasts on gender roles. And so mm. I was talking to people who had very different perspectives on uh, the best ways for men and women to interact and what that should look like, especially in the framework of a male female relationship uh, and Christian marriage. And so I did an episode with uh, my, one of my best friends, Catherine Renneberg, mm -hmm. and we were talking about how 
especially in our experience, we were, it was mostly anecdotal. It, we're not, we weren't necessarily referring to scientific studies about this, but I know there is a lot of science-based research to defend this worldview. And that it's the idea that fighting between men and women, like when two men have a fight, an intense disagreement, as opposed to when two women have a disagreement, there's these unspoken differing rules of engagement. And I think there, it is a generalization. I think that there's a lot of space for nuance, but the generalization I think is still broadly accurate in the sense that what I said in that episode with Catherine, well, I think we, we both said it in different ways, but the idea is that men, when I've observed, I have five brothers, I've observed when there would be a disagreement between my brothers, sometimes it would get physical, you know, maybe it ended a wrestling match or someone, you know, even punches someone out, you know, that kind of thing. It's sort of like, and I'm not in a concerning way, but you know, it happens. And, but then the, there was almost just kind of like this much quicker recovery period and like the fight resolved the issue like we fought so that we could resolve the issue whereas i have certainly seen even in a healthy female conflict because there's lots of there's plenty of toxic conflict but i'm talking about best case scenario two women have an intense disagreement that is is personal mm -hmm. and the effects are they linger a lot longer and i think that in my own life I'm much more quick to willingly go into a disagreement with a man than, than a woman because I know that the chances of him just rebounding a lot faster are a lot higher as opposed to a female friend or even my mother or my sister. I know that if we have a really bad fight, the consequences might be much more long lasting. And so I'm going to pause. And before I engage in the fight, I'm going to think, is it worth it? Uh, I think a lot of this is subconscious. It's not like that calculated, but that was our experience. Um, yeah in a broad sense. Yeah. I found, I, I think that's an interesting concept. I I'm newly married. So I've been married uh, since July and you know, well, we would have our disagreements and frustrations during dating and during engaged, but now living with Amanda full time, uh, we drive to work together. We drive home. There's a lot more opportunity for conflict. And I think something I've realized is I need to, to grow in gentleness and humility for one, is this something you're experiencing now entering engaged period? Because when I, me and Amanda entered into the engagement period and there was wedding planning all of a sudden, okay, there's all these disagreements. And I think something that I'm really wrestling with myself as a man, as a young, as a young man with, you know, relatively immature emotional skills, emotional IQ, how do I go about this in a good and healthy way, especially in a marriage? Yeah, no, and that's tricky. I, I feel that too. Um, it's, it's funny because in the last episode that was like a, almost like a warning I got it's like you're in the it being in, in engagement you're like you're in the most committed relationship that that will receive like the least amount the least amount of grace I guess like thankfully not yet but I mean just throughout our relationship it has been interesting and tricky to find ways to have that healthy conversation and and voice our disagreement and I think something, at least for me personally, that I'm not super proud of is even though like I, I'm a bit more, I keep my cards to my chest, I'm willing to just like, I guess like swallow my opinion, maybe not speak up in a group setting or even one-on-one, -on -one, but um, once I, I guess, and Jenny kind of touched on this, like I guess when I do feel like there's enough trust, um, I'm not super proud of the way that I do enter into it. I feel like I, I feel like when I'm like, okay, I can disagree with this person here. I so quickly, I like, I don't know how to 
do it in a way that's not attacking <laughs> or I guess get so emotional with it. And like, yeah. And like in all sorts of relationships, like Alexia friendships, but um, I don't know. I, I imagine. And, and, and I'd be curious to hear what Jenny has to say here, like just what comes with practice, I guess. But then at the same time, it's like, I'm afraid to like, I don't know. How do you grow in that? Because it's like, if I go around and I'm trying to like grow in that, but I'm, then I'm just like, I'm burning bridges instead of building bridges. <laughs> I don't know. So how do we stop burning bridges, Jenny? <laughs> well, a full disclosure, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still in a season of life where I'm single. And I, so I wouldn't, I would not say that I can give any reasonable marriage advice, but I think that, I think that there's a certain peace that comes with honoring the differences between yourself and your partner. And I, that's where, like, even what you were saying, Phil, like expressing that you're unsure how to enter a conflict without it getting like emotionally dirty and, and too like personal in a, in a, in a way that, that doesn't respect boundaries. And I, I think that for, I mean, in that episode episode, I think it was with Catherine, we were talking about the goodness that can come out of just honoring the differences between men and women. And so if you are in a relationship where that th those uh, generalizations about men and women are pretty clear, like if you're the woman is tending to be more emotional and he's less emotional, which is not always the case. But if you're in a relationship like that, um, acknowledging that instead of, of constantly being baffled by how the other person is responding mm -hmm. to a conflict totally differently. I think I really much earlier on, I mean, I have a lot of gratitude for a lot of things that have come about as a result of the feminist movement especially first wave feminism and less so second wave feminism but but still i still have a lot of gratitude for what has come out of that and still coming of it but one of the things that was highlighted to me actually was in another episode with this do uh, dr christian rab he's a he's a priest he's a dominican priest and he was talking about how in feminism and first wave feminism um when it was all about getting women the ability to vote, you know? It was about equal opportunity, you know? Like we, as men and women, we have equal dignity. And so, so we need to acknowledge that. But in second wave fe feminism, that changed to, we are the same. Um, and it's most extreme, mm -hmm. it, it's the most extreme cases, it ends up being, there really is no difference between men and women. And I think that I can understand um, why that would, perhaps be a comforting sentiment to a lot of people because if you're not different then theoretically there's not going to be disagreement right uh if we're the same then there's going to be peace on a philosophical leather uh, level i can understand that but in reality that is not at all what we see men and women are fundamentally different i mean i think jordan peterson says it well he was like people obsessed you know are becoming so obsessed with gender these days um and we and he's like, I think that a lot of people are right. He's like, men and women are mostly the same, but we've forgotten about like whatever the 2% that is very different. And so I think that it makes mm. sense to me in a male female relationship. If you forget how different you are, then you're going to cause even more stress because in a, in a fight, you're going to be like, how is he not responding? How does he not know immediately how much this affected me and his comments affected me? And he's thinking in maybe in his worst self, why is she such a psycho? Like, why is she losing her mind right now? This isn't, shouldn't be a big deal. And I mean, there's lots of, you know, unhelpful senses of humor around those differences between men and women. When I think that does happen, I think that there could be a sense, theoretically, a sense of peace that comes from your brain is very different than mine. Um, it's, it's very similar, but there's a, there's a 2% that really makes a big difference in how we're processing this fight. 
And so I want to ask some questions that could maybe shed some light on how you are receiving this fight differently than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I think it really, you can't lose the sense of the individual. I've been frustrated, certainly in many situations where people see me first as a woman rather than first as Jenny, because yes, I mean, I believe that God has given me, uh, I, I, my, I am a woman. I am biologically a woman, my gender. I am a woman. And that is inherently who I am. But I'm also Jennifer Connolly, who has lots of different quirks and nuances. And so if you have a stereotype about women and that's how you're primarily going to address me, that's going to be frustrating, right? Because I'm so much more than that. Just like any man, you know, Regan, Phil, you guys are not just, you're not just bland, straight men. You're you are Phil, you're Regan, right? And so I don't <laughs> sometimes know, you... feels that way. It's true. It's true. The scruple is hosted by Regan and Philip, two white blands, not white, two bland straight men. <laughs> I guess I didn't mean bland. What I meant was generic. You're not like generic. a generic man. Yeah. You're uh, yes. an individual. And so I guess in a marriage, I mean, again, you you are married and you're engaged. I am neither. So you have more frontline experience than I do, but it makes sense to me that. Uh, acknowledging the difference is going to be really important, but then also not reducing your partner in the midst of a fight to a stereotype of woman yeah. or man. Yeah. Drawing, finding that balance. Yeah. Drawing that line. Um, also, when you said philosophical leather, I just keep thinking of like Aristotle in a leather jacket and I just can't get that <laughs> image out of my head. I just need to externally <laughs> process it. Yeah, edit that Aristotle. We, we see that Aristotle, what a homie. What a homie. Aristotle. What a homeboy. She studied in the class. She studied Aquinas. Yeah. She's gonna like a Aristotle. Yeah. With what you're studying now, do you do you are you chilling with Aristotle a lot these days? Yes. Uh I yeah, so I'm doing a master's, I'm starting a master's degree in ethics in January, and uh, I will be spending a lot of time with Plato and Aristotle. Cool. Uh, they are, they're, they're definitely like kind of the underlying basis for a lot of the ethical principles that I am working with. So the yeah, homies. definitely the homies. Yeah. So the homies. Jenny, I, I mentioned before your episode, but th- you are the first woman we've had on this podcast. I'm honored. <laughs> well, we've only had like, we've had our friend and then another group of dudes, but what's, right. um, I think it's pretty easy. It was pretty easy for us in terms of starting a podcast we're not worried that it's going to be sort of a weird space um was that something you were thinking about or concerned about like okay i'm this i'm this woman that's like podcasts are pretty um you know millennial white male dominated arena um (laughs) was that on your mind or were you just like i'm gonna go for it um when you're thinking of starting this podcast Mm. you know how i fell in love with podcasts joe rogan i am i am I am a devoted Joe Rogan fan. So if we're going to talk about like a white male space, I mean, I think that Joe Rogan is the icon of the, uh, uh, well, he's really an icon of podcasting because he literally has the biggest podcast in the world. But uh, he, I fell in love with podcasting because of him. I was raised in a way where I think that my dad, um, one of my that my favorite memories that was reoccurring all throughout my childhood and my teen years was staying up to like 2am with my dad. And he would speak to me like I was an adult. And I mean, a lot of these, these long, long conversations I had with him were between the ages of like 12 and 14, Mm. but we would talk about everything down to like, especially politics and philosophy and pop culture. And so he really, 
I never felt like he, he was never like trying to like teach me, like talk down to me as a kid. He just, he held me to the same standard he would have held anyone. And so mm. I was never really conscious of the fact that like, oh, like maybe politics and, or podcasting is something that's more dominated by men. It never really occurred to me. Mm. Um, and I, I certainly resonate. I understand when, when people have, I've spoken to so many women who have had a much more negative experience with being a woman occupying a space that tends to be more male. Uh, mm. For me, it was, this was never a political move, obviously, for, at least for me, it was never political. It never had to do with anything with being a woman as much as I was raised in a way where I had so many, often men just being like, you, you know, you have a gift in this area, you have a gift in communications. Um, I loved politics. Uh, so when you're political, you often end up in intense conversations. That's just kind of the name of the game. And uh, no, for me, it was never, yeah, Joe Rogan literally is, I listen to his podcast all the time. And so no, <laughs> That's awesome. I was just, I was like, I could do that. Sure. <laughs> what, what a gift your father gave you in that way. Yeah. That's actually really beautiful to hear. Yeah, I don't mean to be like, Jenny, what's it like to be a woman in podcasts? Like, clearly you are more capable than us. You're more eloquent than us. But no, I just I realized I in this question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In this conversation, yeah. I realized we know like, Philip, we never had that discussion. Like, I don't know. I think it's really cool what you're doing. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's part, I mean, partly true, partly not true um, in the sense that uh, maybe the subject matter I engage with tends to be dominated by a more male uh, mm. host space. I would say I've done a deep dive into podcasting in general. I think there is like a huge, like a just tons of female based podcasts. Mm. Um, I think it's accurate that like politics, political, really political topics tend to draw more of a male base yeah. and tend to have more male hosts. But I'd say there's a, there's a few, yeah, there's, there's a lot of female led podcasts out there. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're probably yeah. right. I have like That's, my four yeah. that I listen to. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. 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 We are very narrow. So what are you hoping to do in the future? So you mentioned the interview with the, the gay journalist from New York yeah. or the journalist yeah. from New York who is gay. I should, yeah. I should say. Um, well, and he, he, he identified the reason I said that was, um, a gay journalist is because that's really at the forefront of how he communicates. And uh, mm. I, I even asked him about it. I was like, I don't, I'm not trying to reduce you to your sexuality. Uh, he was just, he, his, po his podcast, he's a journalist and he produces Making Gay History. And so that's just, that's a big part of how he identifies. So, mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are there other topics kind of percolating in your mind where you're like, oh, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that, that people should look out for? Yeah, I mean, uh, so on this upcoming Thursday, today is um, November 16th. Yeah, today's November 16th. On November 18th, uh, the episode with Eric Marcus of Making Gay History is coming out. Uh, upcoming, uh, two topics I'm excited to engage with is on a more Catholic end of things, um, some of the controversies around Pope Francis. So I'm producing a couple more episodes regarding some of his more spicy comments that have been uh, discussed in the media, as well as I do have two upcoming interviews with doctors who have opposing opinions on the COVID vaccines. And I, you know, truly, if, if I know the feeling of COVID fatigue, but I know for a lot of people, the conversation about the vaccines is still at the forefront of their mind. Mm -hmm. So I'm interviewing a doctor who is very, very pro-vaccine and then a doctor who is very uh, is very vaccine hesitant. So that'll be like a real live uh, version of, of dialogue between very opposing opinions. So okay. I'm excited. Cool. Uh, Are you going to try to get Pope Francis on the pod when he comes? Of course. Of course. <laughs> I got to learn Let's go. Spanish. Let's go. Of course. I, I live, yeah. I literally, I literally live 30 seconds from the Edmonton diocese. So 
I pretty sure if he comes, he'll come to Edmonton. So I'll be there with my mic. I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the press well, conference. Just, yeah. I, I work yeah. at the, uh, I work at the CPC too uh, right now. So I'm hoping. <laughs> Make it happen. I can yeah. stick a mic in his face. Let's uh, do it. Let's do it. That's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's funny. Got, got to get after it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All the social media posts. We got him. We got him. <laughs> yeah. I just one last question for me. So you got really exciting stuff coming up. What's like one episode that you've already released that you're like super proud of, and that if a list, if there's a new listener who's considering uh, checking out your podcast, of course, yeah, definitely check out the intro to see what it's all about. But what's an episode that you're like, listen to this one. Like I'm really proud of this conversation. One of the conversations that I'm most proud of is it's episode 19 and it's with a couple named John and Andrea McLean. Mm. And John is from Ojibwe first nations uh, background Mm. and Andrea is Métis, but they're also both devout Catholics. And so we had a conversation right as the news about um, the, the grave sites uh, that were found around the, uh, some of the residential schools um, was found. I was able to do a conversation with them about John's experience growing up in a family where the residential schools were a really big part of their family heritage and just how they integrate their indigenous their their like their passionate lively love for their indigenous uh heritage with their deep love for their catholic faith so it was a really organic conversation and i i loved how they were like honoring and reverent and and very present to a lot of the suffering that has happened between the Catholic Church and Indigenous peoples, while also really expressing this deep love for Jesus in how they live. And they're also hilarious. They're they're so funny. John was a professional boxer. So he's got oh. this like oh. he's got this like fighters energy. And <laughs> Andrea also has all of the fire and they've adopted they build a family, a big family through adoption and foster care. So their mm. life story is so extraordinary, but mostly I was really blessed and humbled to encounter how vulnerable and honest they were about the suffering of uh, that, they, that they've experienced in their lives and also just their people in general, while also just exuding so much joy. So yeah, it's, it's mm. uh, episode 19 with John and Andrea McLean. Very cool. Uh, right, you're just yeah. pumping them out. What you started this during COVID and you're on episode what 24, 25? Uh well, on Thursday we are releasing episode 29. So oh I release them goodness. every every Thursday they come out. Let's go. Wide open spaces is not here to play games. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's right. Awesome. That's right. Jenny, you're super cool and super uh well informed and you and you care about putting out a good uh, good product. Is that what it is? A product? Oh, yeah. A good, uh, a good uh, end result. Content. So, good, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. you, uh, you care about putting out good content. So, honestly, I, I don't think many people. I, you're not going to get a huge bump of listeners from coming on our podcast. But hey, if anyone's not listening, uh, stop listening to us. What are you doing? Stop and, and go support <laughs> Jenny. Go support Jenny on Patreon. Yeah, go check uh, we, her out. We yeah. got to learn yeah. how to have conversations with nuance. So, um. Dang, there's so many ways that I, that I could see this conversation going, but hey, we'll have to have you on again at a later time when uh, we can be a yeah. little bit more uh, dive into this stuff because yeah, all super cool topics. Oh, and, definitely. Uh, yeah. 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 Thank Absolutely. you so much, Jenny, for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. God bless you both. God bless, God bless you, you too. too. <laughs> see you, everyone. Who's never left home? Who's never struck out? 